You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hands and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that, Jesus, that hope Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly without staying outside in lonely places. Yet, the people still came to him from everywhere. As we consider Stephen's ministry, it's not something that we necessarily have to watch from afar. It's something that we can all participate in. As you've heard the testimonies, you can tell that Stephen's ministry actually has already been in our church. It's something that has existed before, but it has been sort of on a long sabbatical for about three or four years. And now that it's coming back, we wanted to have this special service so that you would know how you can also help to bring care for others in need. The lo- um, the, you've seen the logo of Stephen Ministry, but the motto of Stephen Ministry is to provide care for those in need, to provide care for those in need. And the name Stephen Ministry comes from the Bible, and it comes from those first what we call proto-deacons. The apostles were very busy. They were serving the Lord the best they could, but they began to be overwhelmed by the responsibilities of having to care for all of the many people for their social and physical needs. And so they asked that they would find men in their congregations who were full of the Holy Spirit, who had an ability to show the love of Christ. And the first person mentioned in the passage in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, is Stephen. Stephen. And that's where the name Stephen ministry comes from. He is the first named deacon of the New Testament. And it says that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And the name Stephen means crown. And Stephen was a man who was a person who was able to show the love of Christ to others. And he was able to show how we could walk together and serve one another. Um, The crown that Stephen wore at that time would be a wreath that was given to the winner of a game in their many what we would call the Olympic Games. And you probably have seen many different times in games, whether it's Olympics or others, very touching scenes where somebody gets hurt and a fellow athlete comes and walks with them. And one of the more famous ones was when an athlete was running in the Olympics and tore a ligament or tore a tendon in in his leg. And as he was running, then he fell to the ground. 
And then his father jumped out of the stands and walked with him to the finish line. The father is an example of a Stephen minister, of someone who comes by the side and helps the person to finish the race. And so this is something that all of us can do. And as you heard Mary Lou share about the power of Stephen ministry, as you heard the testimonies from Dixon and from Joyce, and you understand that Stephen ministry is maybe the most practical of ministries that a church can have. Because everybody goes through a time of hurt at some time. And as her sister Lixon read the scriptures just before, she mentioned about leprosy. And probably none of us here know anybody who has leprosy. But all of us here know people who are hurting and people who have hurt. And there are modern-day lepers today, people who people just sort of stay away from because of stigma or because of various fears and misunderstandings. And yet the reality is that everyone that we know has some need and some more than others. Yes, we, we probably won't meet somebody who has leprosy, but we will always meet somebody who needs a touch, who needs a touch. Uh, in 18, um, 1862, there was a man in, in England, and he was born, and he had a disease when he was born. Uh, the disease uh, they think that he had, they're not 100% sure, was called uh, neural fibromatosis, or also known as Proteus syndrome. And what happened is, in his body, there would grow tumors and his bones would be deformed. And he grew up, and maybe you've heard of him before because movies have been made of him. The movie was called The Elephant Man. And his name is Joseph Merrick. He was born in 1862 in England, and he lived until he was um, about 20, 28 uh, in 1890. And he had many different tragedies in his life. His mother loved him and cared for him, but she died when he was 11. This is an actual photo of him. Um, and then afterwards, his father rejected him. And so he was made to live out on the streets to find his own way of life. And what he did to be able to survive in life was that he actually went up to a circus and said, I will work for you as what we would call the sideshow, right? And so that they would have back then what they might even call, terribly call, a freak show. And these would be people with different types of um, uh, deform deformalities. And so he sold himself to do that. And that's how he was able to make money. Well, this one show was right next to London Hospital. And some of the doctors there found out about this man and others, and they would actually go to the shows not to gawk and not to make fun of them, but to see them and to see what medical problems there were in the world at that time. Well, the chief of the um, surgery of London Hospital's name was Dr. Frederick Trevis. And Dr. Trevis went and saw the show, and he got a meeting to talk to Joseph and to ask him if he could do research on him. And so he brought him into the hospital. And then they became friends. And because he'd been living out on the streets and on his own, Dr. Trevis offered a room for him inside the hospital so that not only could they perform tests on him, but they could also give him a safe place to live. And then uh, Joseph Merrick said that this became his home. 
It became a place of safety. It became a place where he felt cared about. But there was one moment in his life in the hospital that changed it all for him. And that was when a lady walked into his room and greeted him and said hello to him. But did more than that and reached out and touched him. And in his testimony, it says that he just broke down in tears because of two things. One, because the lady touched him. And two, it was a lady. Because up until that time in his life, he didn't have friends. And he especially didn't have any women friends. And he had the same need that every man has for companionship and for hope and for love. And so when this lady touched him, his life changed his life became meaningful. It was, he still struggled, of course, because he was never healed from that disease and, in fact, later died because of complications to it at a very early age. But he was also a believer in Jesus Christ. And he received this love from God through these people. And Joseph Merrick, as I said, you and I will probably never meet somebody like that, never meet a leper, but we are always going to meet people who are going through pain, who are going through difficulties, and Jesus was the person, when he came to earth, he went to these people, and these people came to him, and he didn't push them away, but rather he received him. And so we heard in the passage that was read to us in Mark that a leper came to him. In Luke, the same passage or the same story is told by the doctor Luke, and he says that this man was covered with leprosy, covered with leprosy. And so leprosy could be anything from a, a, a mild rash on the hand that they didn't know what it was, if it was going to develop into something worse like leprosy, or it could be leprosy. And leprosy um, is a disease that begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms, gradually spreading over the body, bleaching the hair white wherever they appear, crusting the affected parts with white scales, and causing terrible sores and swellings. From the skin, the disease eats inward the, towards the bones, rotting the whole body piecemeal. And so this was a terrible problem in the days of Jesus, that this was the disease. This is the one that people were so afraid of and would stay away from them. And because it was a disease that was communicable, that they had to also stay away from people. And so in the book of Leviticus, we see that those who in the Old Testament had leprosy had to stay away, had to stay outside the walls of the city. And in Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, it says this, the person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. And so this is the trauma and the trial of this man who has leprosy, who wants to see Jesus. And it must have taken a tremendous amount of courage and faith for that man to go through the crowd and to reach out to Jesus because he didn't know how Jesus would treat him. He just hoped that Jesus would treat him well. And the question is, for everybody who is hurting, everybody who is especially wondering where is God in their problems, is does God care? Does God care? 
And so as we look into this passage, we see how Jesus responds to this man as a model how you and I can respond to people who have deep and hurting needs in their lives and how we can care for them as a Stephen minister longs to care for people. Pope Francis says this, For this, the gospel, offers us a serene way forward using the three languages of mind, heart, and hands, and uses them in harmony. And this is what we see in this passage. We see Jesus' mind, what he thinks of people, what he thinks of this leper. We see his heart, and we see his hands in action. And so the mind of Christ, we begin to think about, well, what was Jesus thinking about? What would be on Jesus' mind? Back in our passage in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, I'll reread it. It says in verse 40, And a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. So what was on the mind of the leper was, was God willing? Was this Jesus willing to heal me? Because he had enough faith, because he says, I know you can but will you? In his mind, he wondered, what was on Jesus' mind? Was Jesus willing? The word willing can mean a mental act, which leads us to making a decision, a free choice, or it can also mean something that's just inside of our heart, inside of who we are, and it's a, a pressing desire that we have within ourselves to do something. It's a wish, a desire. It is our will. It is what's in our mind. We see this especially in the story that Jesus told about two sons. And the father said, I want you both to go out in the field and work. And one son said, I will. But then he didn't go. And then the Bible says, but there was the other son who said, I will not. But later he changed his mind. And then he went out and he worked in the field. And so we see that our will is connected to our mind. And when we see the actions of Jesus, we see what was on his mind. We see what was his will. And he tells us that his will was for this man to receive cleansing. This act reveals the mind of God through Jesus. To bring wholeness to both body and soul. To heal not just the flesh, but also our spiritual lives. What was on the mind of Jesus was more than just healing this man. Because you notice in the words in verse 43 through 45, if you look in your Bible there, you see Jesus actually had something else also on his mind. It says Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. So Jesus told this man, he's already healed him, but he tells him with his strong warning, see that you don't tell this to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So what was on Jesus' mind? The law of the Lord. 
On Jesus' mind was that I will heal you, but now you have to obey the law. And what the law said is that if somebody had leprosy, they had a skin disease, then of course they were under that command that they had to stay outside the walls. But of course they want to be back inside the walls because that's where the temple is. They want to be back inside the walls because that's where all the people are. They want to be back in society. They want to be back in their faith community. And what Jesus wanted was that for him as well. And so Jesus commands him, I want you to go back to the temple and tell, let the priest examine you to, so that the priest can say, indeed, you've been cleansed. Now you can be part of the community. Jesus also, in that act, would have been showing the priest that he had respect for the law, but that he was even greater than the law and loved and could heal and touch people so that they could be well. And so in Jesus' mind, he was trying to help this man to be part of the community again, to be part of the faith again, and at the same time to witness to the religious leaders of his day so that Jesus would be able to bring the gospel to the Jewish priests. But not only that, Jesus had earlier said when he was talking to his disciples, he had been in Capernaum, and then now he was going to leave Capernaum because he says, I need to go out into Galilee to preach the gospel. And while he was out going into Galilee to preach the gospel, this is when the leper came, and that's when Jesus healed him. And we notice the words there that Jesus now wasn't able because the man didn't obey. He couldn't help himself. And he went out and he told other people, I've been healed. And more people came to Jesus. So Jesus now was going to be hindered in being able to do what he set out to do. But Jesus' words reveal what's on his mind and his heart. And that is that he is here to preach the message of the kingdom of God. Jesus wants us to be people who preach the message of the kingdom of God. And this is what happens as we share as Stephen ministers. We are sharing God's love, not just so that people get comfort, but so that they can also know that God cares, that Jesus cares, that they are someone that God loves very, very much, and that they can also be one who can touch others through the testimony of their healing, like we heard through Joyce today and through Dixon is that God wants us to be ministers of the mind of Christ to other people that, yes, helps them and brings them to a place of comfort and also of healing, but also where their souls and their spirits are ministered to ultimately so that they know the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they know the goodness of the kingdom of God and long to live for that. And that was what was on Jesus' mind as he was working there in the Sea of Galilee and brought healing to this man. And of course, I'm sure you saw it already, but we saw the heart of Jesus. We saw the heart of Christ. As the Bible says that when Jesus saw him, he was filled with compassion. And this is the strongest word in the New Testament for love and care from the heart. It's the strongest word that emphasizes sympathy and sorrow and even pity for the one who is hurting. It's, it's a feeling that goes all the way through the extremities and into our heart and even into our stomachs. 
It's like when Jesus in Mark 6 said that he saw the large crowds and he felt for them. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus' compassion maybe is is most visible to us in this well-known passage. Can we read this together? Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. It is in Jesus' heart It is in his physical heart that Jesus feels this compassion for people. But it's also in his spiritual heart. It is why he came, to show the heart of God, to show the thoughts of God, to show the concerns of God, that God has compassion on people, and we ought to have compassion on people. And so within our minds, we often think, you know, I want to care for somebody. What we need is the heart and the desire that's moved to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to follow my heart, and I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to care for them. And therefore, then, I'm going to use my hands. I'm going to use my hands to touch them. Another motto within Stephen Ministry is, we care, but God cures. We care, but God cures cures. And it's interesting. When you think of, of the, the heart and you think of the mind, okay? So why don't you do that right now? I want you to touch your heart and, and touch your mind or your head, okay? Now I want you to put that same hand that's touching your head out. And I want you to notice that your hands are between your head and your heart. Your hands are the extension of your head and your heart. And so what we do with our hands actually is something that happens from our head and our hearts, whether it's something bad or something good. And God, of course, wants us to do something great with our hands. He wants us to show forth what it is to use our hearts and to reveal them to other people, to show them the mind of Christ. Francis of Assisi says this, He who works with his hands is a laborer. He who works with his head, hands and his head is a craftsman. But he who works with his hands and his head and his heart is an artist. And God wants each of us to be artists. And this is why artists also need to be trained. And so today we really want, if you are just curious about what would it mean to be a Stephen minister, you're curious about what is Stephen ministry, you want to learn more, have lunch with us. It's free. So just bring your free lunch and come with us. You don't even have to pay to see us. And so you will learn more about Stephen ministry, about how you can use your hands. Because maybe in your mind you've wondered, I wonder how can I care for people? And maybe in your heart, you felt the need to help others, and you want to know how you can do that best. But whenever we use our hands, we are extending a portion of who we are to someone else. I remember I was at a silent retreat, and it's exactly like what you might guess. It's a place where we're not supposed to talk. And so I was at this silent retreat, and of course they give you instructions first in in English, and and, and so we understood it, but they said, as soon as I finish speaking, 
no more words. And so we left that room, and I was one of the first people to go out the door. And being the gentleman that I am, I kept the door open. And there were some ladies that were following after me, so I held the door open. And of course, they couldn't speak. But one of the ladies just looked at me and took her hand and gently touched mine. And I was in a season of great need at that time. And that's why I was at this silent retreat. And I remember just that touch on my hand as I held the door open for her. Said even more than thank you. There was something in the touch that expressed that my life still had meaning, had purpose. I could do more than just open a door, but even opening a door for somebody was a service that was meaningful. Even the smallest thing you do for somebody else is meaningful. From opening a door to giving a glass of cold water. And so Stephen ministry is a way and a means for you to be reminded of the ways and means we all ought to live all the time. In the Stephen ministry training materials, it tells us this. Jesus' religion is in his hands doing things for others in God's name. Jesus' ministry demonstrates why God gave us hands. God gave us hands for the purpose of ministry. He gave us hands to show forth what's in our heart and in our head. He gave us hands to show the love of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together as we close in prayer, and I'll also give the benediction at this time.